welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. This podcast is, uh, I apologize ahead of time because it's just going to be like somebody puked dumped and pissed in a bag and shook it all up and threw it down <laughs> pretty much yes <laughs> it's, it's gonna be terrible i could smell this podcast and it stinks <laughs> we stink so welcome to episode number 13 of the making laps podcast i am your host brent gleason sitting in with me in the studio is my brother jesse gleason hello phil's probably too tired to uh join us because he actually had to work for a living today so First and foremost, I wanted to start off by talking about something that happened over, I think it was over the weekend, Brian France suing a parody Twitter account about him. I don't think it was a disclosed amount. I've heard certain figures. I've heard about other, you know, different uh, reasons as to why, but I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, how sad do you have to be to go sue a parody Twitter account and how hard up for like dope or like alcohol are you to i didn't say that out loud because i don't want to be sued but how <laughs> how sad do you have to be to sue a parody twitter account what's the twitter account can you say that legally uh it was drunken brian france i forget the guy's actual name uh but it, it, he literally lists on his twitter account that this is a parody account and how many followers does drunken brian france have so this guy has 19,000 followers. and Ooh, influential. It, it's at Drunk Brian F. And again, I don't know the guy's real name. I used I, I saw it the other day, but I obviously can't remember it after seeing it just once. But it's like, I think he got sued for like $15,000 or something like that. Some stupid little amount for, for some kind of damages. And I'm like, what, re- really? Yeah, yeah so, so this very influential... Uh, Twitter or what the I don't know I don't have Twitter I don't know what to call these people but yeah so apparently he's very influential with 15,000 followers and so yeah whatever yeah exactly yeah and so now the fans uh are going to it looks sounds like he's got a slap on the wrist now that fans get fined for actions detrimental to the sport of auto racing which Brian France is no longer an actual part of anymore because he's no longer part of NASCAR because they kicked his ass out yeah he got fired from the family business? Yeah. Damn. He performed actions detrimental to the sport of racing or NASCAR or something. Oh. You know, by getting a DUI, which is why yeah. this Twitter account exists. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 15 grand is a slap on the wrist. I don't know exactly the amount, but yeah, it's it's between 15 and 25,000. Something, I think it's on the lower end of that spectrum, but yeah, that's like... How sad do you have to be that's, to that's, go after a parody account? Come on. That's kind of a... He needs, he needs to make a packy burn. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, shoot. I, he must buy that really expensive stuff. Yeah. I don't know what Stella, he's into. Yeah. What? Stella Artois. Gold. Uh, Schlager. Uh, that mix. stuff's not that expensive. <laughs> it's got gold in it. It's got to be expensive. Don't ask the wife about that crap. Oh, man. Edit that out. Edit that out. That's... <laughs> Please don't sue us, Brian France. Please. Yeah, I don't want to be um, paying for your next twelve pack or twenty four pack or whatever. I will after. fight this in court. Yeah, you suck my ass. No, but it's a sad state of affairs when you list yourself as a parody account, 
and it's obviously happening in the United States. I know the internet is kind of the Wild West, and there's no real laws governing it by some people's eyes, but it's like, look, there's still freedom of speech here. I mean, it's still protected by national law. Right. Yeah, so well, it's like, yeah, you can go pound sand. Has there been a lot of parody accounts that have been sued? To my knowledge, no. If you're a right winger, then your account just gets suspended. Whereas if you're a left winger, you you get a blue check mark or something. I know that's how that goes, but I didn't know what but, that meant. But yeah, that's I didn't know what the blue check mark meant. I actually verified. Oh uh, yeah, I applied yeah. for one of those and they didn't. They said I wasn't a real person, so you, I didn't get one. You voted wrong. Right. Twitter, private companies, freedom of speech. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of ground this lays for in the future as far as a precedent. I think the real reason he did it was because he knew he was going to lose, but he still wanted to attack the guy and make him have to pay for a lawyer, which is a lot of money, which Brian France can probably afford. Is he still fighting this in court with the DUI, or is this an allegedly kind of case? Oh, who knows? Is, I, was I know. he? Why didn't he just name his Twitter name Allegedly Drunken Brian France? Allegedly. Well, he used the guy's mugshot when he got pulled over or arrested, I mean. Oh, that when he allegedly <laughs> was drunken under which operation, which he in fact was, which is why he lost his CEO position of NASCAR, which is why Jim France is now uh, running NASCAR. I thought it was all in appeals. They can appeal forever. Yeah. You know what happened. Look yeah. at his red cheeks. He allegedly career <laughs> uh, committed alleged career suicide, which he should have anyway because he sucks. Allegedly. Anyway, uh, I'm also seeing a lot of complaining on. The Twitters and the Facebooks and the InstaFace about the any any stupid little change that NASCAR has made, the single lug nut thing, the the change to the Bush Clash that we're going to be talking about in lap one, uh, any insignificant little stupid change people are complaining about on the internet, and I absolutely can't stand it anymore. I kind of understand why. Go ahead, be- because we didn't we didn't get this far. Oh, the- there's a lot of dissatisfaction and is kind of almost very divided between, you know, one certain purists and the guys, that, you know, people that like to change. But, I mean, it's it's almost like it's kind of, if I were to put it as some kind of, like, metaphor, say, okay, you've neglected your car for an oil change for 5,000 miles. Okay, then you let the tires rot. Then you don't wash it and give it a bath. Then you let the air filter get dirty. Then you uh, don't change the shocks. Then you don't change the springs. And you, and you don't change any of this stuff. And the more these little changes happen, all these little changes happen to your car. Now you've got a big, giant bag of shit. So all these little, tiny changes that have been going on. The window being put in for safety against flip-overs. The uh, front splitter that's all the way down to the ground to prevent air getting under the car and flipping over. Uh, the side skirts that prevent air getting under the car flipping over, the radial tire that uh, so nobody flips over and goes into the grandstands, and of course like the restrictor plate that's supposed to keep cars flipping over and going to the grandstands. All these little changes and all the aerodynamics little changes here and there have made things worse. Every little change has added up, and now you've got a big giant rust bucket bag of crap now that's the product of NASCAR. Do you, do, are you following me? I don't know because it's kind of yeah, rambling. But yeah, I get what you're talking about. But I think you're on the complete 
opposite side of the spectrum as me because I'm kind of over on this side to the right or whatever. I'll just say on this side, but you're way over on the opposite side, I think. Because to me, honestly, these little changes that they've been making are so utterly like insignificant and ridiculous that people just go off the deep end over them for what I feel is like no reason, but I'll explain. NASCAR got to a point where it kind of plateaued. You know, I think I'd say about the early to mid nineties and then it started to just kind of decline. And I know that they did a lot of dumb crap like the car of tomorrow, which was a really kind of dumb idea. They, I think they based that solely off of safety and, and it was a really half-hearted attempt at trying to, it was a lot of little changes. Yeah. It was a lot of little, a stuff. lot of little changes. Right. And I know that wasn't a great idea. I know that the, again, the focus on driver safety was nice, but the overall body and, and whatever that car did was really kind of garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have done a lot to keep the drivers safer in their eyes with the older car, but we, I, I digress. But I know a lot of these changes are frowned upon by people, but a lot of their arguments are, well, that's not stock. Nothing's stock. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care. There's nothing stock about a stock call, and it hasn't been for forty years or more. No, I mean, you know what I mean. Even the bodies haven't been stocked for God knows how long. Yeah, ever since 1987, when the Buick uh, LeSabre Grand National came into Winston Cup racing, at that point, that was like the first real time that a six-cylinder car was introduced into big-level Cup racing. And then after that, they started getting a little bit, little bit less, a little bit less like looking like them, and things, and they followed that trend all the way through the early '90s to the, you know, to what we have today. So, I mean, here's the thing, though. These cars, like I said, they've been using a steel chassis and and roll cage system that's not stock frame and not stock suspension components for how long? Yeah, we shouldn't make them run unibody cars. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We should agree with that. But that's know? not stock. That's not stock either, you know? But when I see people on Twitter whining about a single lug nut or a single hub nut saying, well, I'm not going to watch anymore because it's not stock. And it's like, well, okay, how many of these cars have a live axle rear end? How many of them are real-world drive? How many of them have truck arms? How many of them have double A-frame suspension? With and a- maybe they should. Well, yeah, I agree. How many of them have, you know, <laughs> These a body are the little on... changes that they've neglected that turn into a bag of garbage. How many of them are body on frame? How many of them have a clutchless four-speed manual transmission? How many of them have a front-engine rear-wheel drive? You know what I mean? It's, okay, Camaros and Mustangs, but yeah, but they're independent suspension with unibody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And none of them come factory that you could afford that 550 to 750 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do make them, but let's be yeah. fair... I mean, there's I mean, nothing close to stock about these cars, but you're going to whine about a, a, a lug nut? You know? The modern stock the modern stock vehicle has, at most, a half-inch wheel stud. These things are running 5.8 plus. Yeah, I mean... That's not stock either. The one lug nut <laughs> is not going to be enough, you know, for me to just totally turn off. I mean, that's not the straw that's finally going to break and say, okay, that's it, I'm done. And I'm taking my crap, and I'm going how? Yeah, the the one lug nut rule is not enough to keep me from not watching. It's just another little tiny letdown. Like, ugh, oh god, what if they leave that lug nut loose? If They'll you have a it. loose lug nut, you're gonna have a bad day. 
Well, they're going to know it right away. It'll leave the pit stall, and the wheel will probably fall off. That's why right. you, they require a certain amount of torque. <laughs> yes. And that's why when you watch endurance racing, the guy is sitting there with the gun. He's gunning it for like two seconds to make sure it's on all the way. Yeah. It ain't coming off. Yeah. Trust me, they, they, I mean, that's the weakest argument that you can come up with. Oh, what if it's loose? I know, and I was it's joking. One, yeah, I know, but that's what everybody else is saying. <laughs> no fun. That's, that's what everybody else is saying, though. I know. <laughs> but I, I say all this, which I also talked about last week, yeah. because of the Bush Clash well, stuff that's going on. But I'll get to that in lap one. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't like... What I don't like about the one lug nut is the... I don't know. I like the theatrics of the of the slow mo with the guy and the gun. You know, zoom, 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 zoom. With five lug nuts, it kind of makes it look a little bit different. And why don't they have eight lug nuts? I mean, what? So why don't they have eight lug nuts? Then there's more theatrics. Because that's not stuck. <laughs> it is on trucks. <laughs> no. My truck has eight. That's stock. Yes. They're all one inch. Oh, that said, the Toyota Tundras have six lug nuts. That's a handicap. But you're allowed fifty extra. <laughs> pounds of downforce in the rear. <laughs> then you get into that kind of stuff. So, no, I, I understand what they're saying. And, I mean, it's not enough. I mean, it, it would be, I suppose it makes the pit stops less important, which I think is what they're kind of really trying to go towards. But Everybody's been bitching about it. Nobody's going to lose their job. Is it they're safer? Still gonna, it is going to be safer with the I'm new okay wheels. I'm okay with that. With the new wheels? Yeah. If they do it this way, it is 40% more durable. The wheels will last you years instead of like two or three races, and they're more secure. It's not a big deal. It's also going to save teams a ton of money, which we touched on last week. It's like Phil said in last week's episode, these guys are spending almost forty grand a year per car on lug nuts because they're one and done. Yeah, I went to I had hot passes for New Hampshire last year, mm-hmm. and I watched pit road. You should have seen the pile of lug nuts that was sitting on the outs- outside of the Well, how much the are these wall. lug nuts going to cost now that they're special? Well, they're not going to get rid of them one and done now. Ah, uh, so you're reusable? Oh, yeah. Okay. All lug nuts are I'm reusable. Okay with they just see, don't That's do enough it. for me to you know, say, okay, maybe it is good. Maybe you've turned me around. Yeah. They're maybe not, you did. They're going to save a lot of money. Nobody's losing their jobs. Everybody's just overreacting to something that hasn't happened yet. You son of a bitch. Don't just you like, ever outsmart me again. It's just like coronavirus. You only... Son, I'm sick with coronavirus. I've only got a 98% chance of living. Now, how dumb does that sound? So, yes, everybody out there buying hand sanitizer and toilet paper, you're dumb. I just wanted to put that out there. No, they aren't, because that's what they should be doing and begin with, those nasty, dirty mother... <laughs> Buy hand stop. soap. Wash your hands, you animals. Yeah, hand sanitizer does nothing. Buy hand soap. Buy toilet paper, too, because you need to wipe your butt. Uh, My last little opening note, I wanted to send my condolences and well wishes out to a few people. I wanted to send them out first locally to the Plemons family at the loss of their son, Brandon Jr. Uh, Very, very unfortunate. Uh, We we still don't know the circumstances, but that's absolutely none of our business. Um, so we wanted to send our best wishes and, and condolences out to that family. Also, we wanted to send condolences out to the the family of David Rogers down in Florida. If anybody up north doesn't know who David Rogers was, you should know who he was. He was a super late model driver down in Florida. He was the 1994 NASCAR Weekly Series national champion. I think the guy had a, a season down south where he went undefeated. I mean, the guy was an absolute monster in super late models. 
he passed away a couple of days ago from complications of cancer. We want to send our condolences out to that family as well. Um, absolute beast of a driver. Uh, he will be missed. Plemons will be missed. Everybody. Yes. Yeah, we tragic. are. We are very yeah. sorry. Um, so anyway, let's go tragic. start on. Let's get to lap number one. So for lap number one this week, we're going to elaborate more on what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with the 2021 Bush Clash at Daytona is going to be held on the road course under the lights. They're not going to have the new cars. They're going to have the old car. Well, this year's cars. They're going to be the old cars next year, but they don't want to take what would be a very low inventory car for the teams and run them in an exhibition race and tear them up. So they're going to run the old cars, which is fine. I mean, it's not a big deal. But again, everybody on social media with half of any sort of opinion whatsoever decided that they were going to swear off NASCAR for making a single little change to try to make racing a little bit more fun or even try something new because it's not tradition. Every time the Bush Clash has ever been raced, it's been on the big track at Daytona or in the Oval. Oh my God, I don't care. You know, NASCAR, hooray for tradition. Honestly, I like tradition. But the Bush Clash is an exhibition race. It's an exhibition race. It's not the Southern 500. It's not the Daytona 500. It's not really tradition in my eyes. So why can't they, after seeing what they did this year with all the cars wrecking out of the race, literally, would they have three or four without damage? Maybe. Why not run it on the road course? I th- it would be more like IROC. I think that would be pretty awesome. Uh, why did they Why did they change? Is that why I changed it? Was because of the wrecks? I wouldn't say it's because of the wrecks. I think it's be. I'd say mostly. You know what? Now I'm thinking about it. Now I'm thinking maybe it is because of the wrecks. Because I've seen a lot of wrecks at the Clash over the years, and yeah. I think it costs teams a lot of money. Like I think Joe Gibbs says, "Yeah, we just." Spent a million dollars to win this stupid race. You that know? goes with all plate racing, though. They I ever know, but, wanted to really but cut costs in NASCAR? You know, maybe if teams stopped writing half a million dollars off for every restrictor place event, maybe they'd save a lot more money. Yeah, but but like I said, it's an exhibition race that they're writing off a million dollars because they wrecked four race cars. And how much money did they win? Not anywhere near that. Not worth it. Right. So. I think this was also between the teams, like the owners and drivers got together with NASCAR and said, look, why don't we try something fun? And you know what? I saw this announcement and I'm like, that's going to be a lot of fun. But then I made the mistake of going on social media and watch all the people swear off NASCAR and say they'll never watch again because of this change. (laughs) Talk them off the ledge. Talk them off the ledge. Uh they went to one lug nut. Nobody's going to watch anymore. They they changed the Bush Clash to the road course. That's so it. Nobody's going to watch anymore. I was Man, fine I, when we had, yeah. I can't wait till you people find out that they're running sequential gearboxes and independent rears next year. And no carburetor. They haven't had that for years. That's right. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> turn off when they got rid of the carburetor. They didn't turn off when they got the playoffs. That's not traditional either, is it? No, and I, we still hate it. But, oh God! I said that last week. Yeah. I hate playoffs, but I still watch because I like we, watching it, racing. NASCAR fans, I don't know. I don't know how much they put up with the hatred. They could still hate it, but still put up with it. I suppose I don't. I really don't even see, like, if anybody. When you get fed up with the NFL, you get fed up. You don't watch it. When you get fed up with the NBA, baseball, and with what they're doing to the games there. Once 
in their tough trials and tribulations and whatnot, they every major sport has them. People who turn off, they turn off. Mm-hmm. NASCAR, they just put up with the hate. <laughs> they feel inside. I've been reading all the uh, media writers' Twitter accounts, and they all pay attention to the ratings. And the ratings have been up all year across the board. Right. Like, it would have been up everywhere. Daytona 500 was on par to be the biggest rated event that they've had in, I don't even remember how long, maybe a decade or more. I think it even eclipsed the Indy 500, they said. Right. Like, it was huge. Yeah. It was really, really big. Huge. I'm sorry. But no, I mean, the ratings are climbing, so y'all are not tuning out of NASCAR. You're you're still watching. Winning like never before. <laughs> Thank I you, mean, sir. Thank you, President Trump. <laughs> it's obvious that you're not quitting NASCAR because the ratings are going up. So what's that tell you? Fake news. Oh, so do you think it's... It's all fake news. Oh. The ratings are fake? It's all bots? I think it was Russia. Oh, that would explain a lot then. Turn off the lights! <laughs> Somebody take that thing away from him. <laughs> I just can't get along. I can't get on board with the idea or the mindset of people who, instead of just like not watching anymore, they go on social media to make sure that they tell people that they're not watching anymore. Turn them off! Off! Can you get on board with that either? I can. I mean, seriously, like, do you, can you not just laugh at people who swear, who make sure, like I said, that when they don't like something, they make sure to tell other people that they're, they're going to swear it off. Support my need, support my need to protest. Right. It's, I mean. Come on, guys, this sucks. Let's get out of here. Come on. You're all coming with me, right? It's, it's so. Tremendous stamina. (laughs) But uh, the need to project you know, online is so juvenile. I mean, I just, I can't stand it. You know, it's so, ugh. Well, they're, they're all insecure. They're looking for approval. It's psychology. I don't know. If I'm not going to watch something, maybe it's not the truth in the past, but it's the truth now for me. I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to watch it. I'm just not going to watch it. They're all babies. I love babies. Oh, this is going, baby. this is going downhill real quick. <laughs> Tremendous. If the Bush class wants to be under the lights, that's great. That's fine. You know what else is tradition, okay? The first race of the year, Riverside Road Course. In January, Riverside, California. Yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, what happened to that? That got done in the 80s. That was actually very semi-recent history in the the early 80s. Yeah, it never got the TV coverage because the big focus was on the 500, as it should be. Yeah, and Riverside was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. Tear down neighborhoods that smell and everything and have dog poop in them and overpriced and build racetracks. Well, I've been watching documentaries about abandoned shopping malls. Yeah. You should see these places. They're immense. You could have indoor go kart tracks. We used to, they used to tear down racetracks, put up shopping malls. Now they're all abandoned because of Amazon and online shopping. Tear down a shopping mall and put up a racetrack. Tear down the shopping malls. This is so. When IROC existed, did people really kick and scream that NASCAR drivers were racing on road courses with IROC? No, because IROC was freaking cool. IROC mostly had, had NASCAR drivers anyway, but... So if you can come up with a concept 
to create a race that's an exhibition race that's not points, that's going to pay money, why not run a track that you don't normally run at, which is the Daytona Road Course, which, by the way, is awesome. If you don't watch the Daytona 24, then who the hell are you? It's a really awesome event. If I could watch, if I could stay awake the whole time, I would watch the whole thing. But it's going to be an awesome event. You don't need headlights on your cars for this because it's so well lit, and they could even fix the lighting if they need more. It's going to be really cool to watch cup cars go around this track. I don't know if you really need to do it at night, but hey, if they want to do it, let's do it. You know, I'm all on board. I'm on board with it. I don't care about, it's on the oval, it's tradition. That doesn't matter to me. Exhibition races aren't tradition in my eyes. Hell, it wasn't even called the Clash for, what, good decade and a half? It was the Bud Shootout. Yeah. They just recently brought the Clash back, so don't don't even cry to me about tradition because you didn't say nothing about that. Yeah. Turn off the lights. They're too bright. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to add on this? Yeah. You're going to love winning. Who cares what they say? <laughs> okay, that just blew my ears out. Yeah. Oh, let's move on to lap number two. For lap number two this week, we're going to talk about the short track package that, well, in my eyes, just came back into NASCAR because they ran something similar to this a few years ago. Uh, And it just made its, well, debut, if you want to call it that, at Phoenix this past weekend. And overall, the reviews I got from the race were stellar. I mean, I'm... I'm not counting who won because you could sway your opinion based on who won if you don't like who won or who ran up front. But watching the cars race, it was really, really fun to watch. I liked it. And if nobody really knows what we're talking about, it's because they took the rear spoiler, that big-ass spoiler, as Dale Jr. likes to call it, and they knocked it down to two and three-quarter inches, which is mint in my eyes, and they knocked the front splitter back to like a quarter of an inch. It's so small, you can barely notice it's even there. It almost looks like an air dam is back on the front of the car because it's almost flat. And I know they took some of the pan inside bolsters out from underneath the front of the car, whatever. it All it matters is it took a whole bunch of downforce out of the car, and they put a whole bunch of horsepower back into it. So the cars are sliding around. Um, I know NASCAR was talking about that they said that they wanted something like this, but the RTA didn't. And I'm like, well, I figured it was the other way around. I thought NASCAR wanted it that way, and the drivers didn't. But I must have been mistaken. Uh, Either way, it doesn't really matter. Uh, But they did put on a killer race. You could watch them race a lot closer without disturbing the air. And they weren't, like, flat-footing it around corners. And they actually had off-throttle time. And they were wearing tires out. And that's how you should have to race. The thing should wear out. It should get the brakes hot. You should slide around. You should wear things out. I mean, it's... If you're just racing around with a whole ton of downforce, you're not going to wear anything out. The car's just going it, to, it, it's, it's almost too easy. And it's funny because you watched how they were running with this low downforce package and a whole different set of drivers that used to be up front when there was low downforce were back up front with a low downforce package. And that tells me it's a driver thing. Um, guys like Boyer, Keselowski, Harvick, uh, a lot of other guys struggled but guys who have a lot of short track experience or or uh, dirt experience, like Tyler Reddick, he was up in the top five all day until he blew a right front. I know they went through a rash of some tire failures and such, and there was a lot of contact too, a lot of body contact, and uh, this is kind of stuck in my head, and I just wanted to say it 
because I know everybody else is thinking it, but who got high in that board meeting at Phoenix? I don't remember what the sponsor of the track used to be because they like went bankrupt and pulled out of a 10-year deal after two years. What, what were they really thinking when they said, hey, I got a great idea. Why don't we mess with people? Let's just take the grandstands and the start-finish line and move them from right here in the middle of the front straightaway to like over there in between one and two. And we'll put the start-finish line there too. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate that idea. It's so dumb to me. I don't know why they would do it. It didn't change the racetrack at all. It hasn't changed the action on track at all. In fact, actually, in my eyes, it kind of has because back when they had the dog leg and then you had turn three and four and the straightaway was still the main straightaway where you had start finish line on it and the main grandstands and stuff. Coming out of turn four, I saw a lot of killer races come out of there, and they were beating bang. And I mean, watch Carl Edwards and I think Kevin Harvick coming out of there once, like completely side by side. I, just ridiculous racing, and I thought it was awesome back when the way it was. But like I said, who got high in that meeting and said, let's just mess with people and move everything down the racetrack further, and then let's like pay a million, a hundred million dollars to do it? I mean, that's so. Which which of part of this of this I'm sorry, monologue? I, I went do on. We a... want to start to talk first. <laughs> do we want to talk about? Sorry. Do we want to talk about the short track package, <laughs> or should we talk about how the Phoenix is high on that wacky tobacco cactus? They have. <laughs> do they have like those poisonous lizards that they can lick out there or it's something? Because like man, agave they, leaves or some shit. Man, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> Because that's every time I've seen a race at Phoenix since they moved it, it's because both things happened at once, and now my brain's overloaded. Like, I want to talk about the short track package, but I also am perturbed by the fact that they would just move everything down and then think it was going to change everything when in reality the racetrack's exactly the same as it used to be, and you're going to race it exactly the same way. So, which do you? I haven't. So, which do you want to talk about? Short track package. How, okay, the short you... track package first. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. With the short okay. spoiler, no splitter, okay. a lot of off-throttle time, a lot of horsepower. Hey, it worked out pretty good. That's good. But you know what the real short track package should be? You should have a right foot. That's Yeah, they put that That's back in the should... mix a little more. Well, not really with the traction compound. It's just like a... That's another thing that we have to talk about right. is the traction compound. The short track option, you know, it, it, did, what it, it did what it's supposed to do. It, it opened it up, but if I have to, if I have to listen to Joey Logano again, he ruined it because yeah, because he, you he, know what, he did win the race, but you know something, he was out in clean air, and every time he says clean air, it's important to get into clean air, clean air, clean air. Okay, I want to take my TV, draw a nice hot bathtub, and throw it in there with me. Because I'm tired of listening about aerodynamics and NASCAR. For context, um, I'm done with it. Joey Logano called the Xfinity race the day before, which is what Jesse's talking about. And pretty much every time he was asked his opinion about something, he said, "Clean air matters. Clean air. Clean air. Clean air." Apparently, it did. I, I mean, the guy's not wrong. He did win the race. He was out in clean air. I he guess was, he was right. He got clean air. I mean, you can't argue but with him. But shouldn't that be get to the front first? I would agree with get to. The I front like first. that first instead of. Clean air. Clean air sounds like IndyCar Formula One garbage. I want to. Uh, it matters, but at uh, the that's same time, what makes me eh. want to check out. That's what makes me want to go on the cliff. And I order four thousand 
That's my opinion on the short track package is the air. Stop with the air. Aerodynamics are for people that can't build engines or drive race cars. And you know what? That's Enzo a Ferrari. That's a good segue because we've been talking about the next generation car a lot and how people are complaining about every single stupid little change they make. Yeah. However, the guys who are testing this car say that you're going to see a lot more driver go back into this car because they're actually coming up off the ground. They got a lot more air going underneath them because they pulled the splitter up in the middle. So air goes under the car again. They pull the side skirts up a little bit. They're playing with spoiler height. They're probably going to have 550 horsepower flat no, ma- no matter what. They've been playing with spoiler height to try to dial it in during tests and stuff. They got the independent rear. They got a sequential box. Basically, they're going to be like a V8 supercar for NASCAR kind of thing, but with a bigger body. A little different body because they're going to have to make it, you know, the greenhouse a little safer, especially after Newman's wreck. But I think with these, they're also going to have the 18-inch tires or 18-inch wheels with the with the, the smaller sidewall on the tire. So you're not going to see a lot of sidewall flex, and they're going to slide a little more too. So, so I think you're going to see a car that you're going to have to drive with your right foot, like you said. So they're going to have low-profile tires? Yeah. Put them on 20s then. Shit. <laughs> so what you on this shit. So what you want is for no, cup cars to that. be donks. No, that's what that's what they <laughs> want. That's not what they want. Listen, I, I want the rule book to go from 1987, cross it out, and put 2020 in it. I know, but they're, they're saying that they want to try to modernize the cars a little bit to be more like their street proponents because nobody has a 15-inch steel wheel anymore. Plus, with the 18-inch aluminum wheels that they're going to put on it, they last longer than the steel wheels, which will save nobody the team's money. Nobody has 16s anymore. They're all about 17-inch wheels. Yeah, I know. I haven't the wheels a, get bigger. Well, my car has 15-inch steel wheels, but it's a Focus, and it's like 13 years old. So <laughs> I'm not with the times, I guess. I don't really know. I don't know. Why don't they start making a package, and then we will call these, you know, with the weight and a, a body weight and an engine size and an aerodynamic rule, and we will call these quote-unquote formulas. And then they will have to race this formula for this current year until they change next year's formula. And this is the top level, so this will be number one. So we will call this Formula One racing. I think Bernie Eccleston might sue him. (laughs) Is he still in charge? (laughs) Who cares? I thought he was like... Old and enfeebled by now or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's, 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 it, he's not in charge. It's Lewis Hamilton that's in charge. NASCAR won. Got it. Yeah. NASCAR won. This will be a package. Right. But Who makes these deals? I don't know. But I, I like the way that it's going. I wish people would stop complaining about something that hasn't happened yet. We haven't seen this thing go yet. They still have more... Um, cars to test like they're going to have multiple car tests later in the year and they're still testing it at different racetracks they're testing all sorts of different downforce packages to try to dial it in to try to make them racy so i want people to stop whining about it until we actually see racing i know but that's what's driving a lot of people away is the change they got change the rules every year that's the number one complaint every single year from nascar fans and they go out sometimes they come back but when when NASCAR was really running rough around the car of tomorrow, it's always every year there's a rule change, and it started with the playoffs. It started with the car. Let's just baseball, baseball bat, nine people on the side, ninety feet, 
Okay, let's not mess with the rules. Basketball hoop, 10 feet up in the air. Big round uh, orange basketball. Okay, dunk that stuff. Okay, make the rules the same for the sport. I don't think you can do that with racing because it's more technology-based. I really don't. Well, that's why as the technology chases, the performance chases. Well, it's not not easy. It's not easy. It's not a stick and ball sport. You can't just say... Pitcher's 90 feet away. Here's a stick. Here's a ball. No cork to in the To combat back. this, the best way to do it is to make the driver more a part of the team. Which is it what? It has to be more driver than car. Well, that's what the new car is going to be. That's what, they're, that's what they're aiming for. They're trying to aim for the car to race. Not as stuck to the ground. More floating around. And I think that you're going to see a lot more uh, driver in the car making performance happen next year. You saw a taste of it at this race. Right, it doesn't matter if we go fast. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be like this race. Yeah, fast doesn't mean anything. I don't care. Cars don't have to go faster. You just have to make them brakes better. More brakes. You need to have them hit the brake more and more power. More power, more brakes. Figure it out. Have a good year. Develop a tire that that you can slide around on and, and, and everything and recover. Yeah, I think that's what they're going towards. Like I said, a smaller sidewall is going to slide around more. The car with more air under it's going to slide around more. I mean, it's hopefully that they work it out. I hope they don't go to a nine-inch spoiler again because that's going to be stupid. But I honestly, you know, I think that NASCAR kind of was due for a new car anyway. I mean, everything that they're running now is a little bit loosely based off of the COT geometry. Like, uh, I wouldn't say geometry, but, you know, the platform like the basic chassis. Not a lot's changed since the COT. It's got a big greenhouse. You know, the the basic structure is basically the same. I mean, you're talking, it changed the body and and maybe a little bit, but it's not a completely new car, I don't think. It's it's basically just a little bit more street looking. I think the new car, though, it's going to work out really well. We just got to kind of roll with it. You know, we just got to kind of wait and see. I don't want to see people swear off NASCAR before greatness actually happens and i think it's going to go in a good direction i mean change is kind of due sometimes i mean people didn't completely tune out when they left like north wilkesboro and all these other racetracks that they shouldn't have left you know that was nascar actually got more and more popular but it wasn't because they got rid of the tracks it was just kind of the times times change technology changes uh so i know it's not a it's not an overnight process everything takes time what is your overall opinion of said traction compound? On one hand, the purist in me likes the, to hate it because it's it's a way of NASCAR manipulating the outcome of the race. Or artificially injecting yeah, arti- some, some kind of excitement. Right. Artif- it's like uh, mandatory steroids in baseball or something. That's kind of the way... Or the, I thought they were mandatory yeah, already. Yeah, right. Or it's it's kind of like baseball, also like winding the 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 balls, the baseballs tighter to get more home runs. That's how I kind of feel about it because it is kind of artificial. But if the racing is good, it's fine. But on, on the other hand, the traction compound is not a uh, it's not an independent it's not an independent variable at all. It's a very changing variable. Because it gets worn down, the more people use on it. So the beginning of the day is going to be very different than the very end of the day when the trash compound gets uh, run off. What I don't like about it is 
that it's almost a trial by error type of thing. And I don't think, yeah, again, the purist in me also says you got to racetrack race it. That's what you're, you're up against. You're it's you against the elements basically, but I've seen some good races where people have had good luck running in it and may maybe having two lanes. It hasn't been the majority of times that it's happened, but I have seen it. So yeah. I guess it's a science that you have to kind of figure out. So it might be a good thing. If it makes both lanes equal, that's fine. But you, you can't go from everybody hugging the bottom to, okay, everybody's got to go to the top, and you, you can't run on the bottom anymore. Well, so You're just outdoing yourself. I mean, I've seen racetracks do that and ruin their own stuff. Like you'd see, take Bristol, for example. Everybody was a bottom feeder because that's where the groove was. Well, that's when they then, changed the racetrack to concrete. Everybody was a bottom feeder. Right. And In the old days, before... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Before, before the racetrack went... Uh, before the racetrack went to concrete, the asphalt, everybody was running up near the wall on the asphalt, actually, for, for a very long time. And then the concrete, everybody had to be a bottom feeder. Okay. So, so basically, the track went one way... And then they redid it, and it went another way. And then they put progressive banking in it to make it more racy, and I put that in air quotes, and everybody went to the top again. And that was the lane to be in. You could not win if you were not in that lane. So So it's like, so, okay, now you've made another change and completely went the other direction and screwed that up too. And then they started shaving it down, but then once they did that, then the bottom was the place to be again, and it's like, well, can't you just leave it alone? I know. <laughs> just leave it alone. I'd rather a short track be a bottom-feeding racetrack. That way you got to root guys out of the way and make it more exciting. Oh, yeah, that's that's going to bring a lot more fans is when you know temptation and greed come in. You know? When Bristol was its greatest was not when you put progressive banking in it and not when you raced the top of the racetrack. When you had to be on the bottom and you had to root guys out of the way, that's why 100,000 people would pack the place, the last great Coliseum, because yeah. they wanted to see bumping and banging. They want to see guys rooting you out of the way. They don't want to see traction compound and progressive banking. They want to see beating and banging well, short track racing. Well, they were there back in the 70s. They were there in the 80s when guys were smoking a right rear tire coming off the corners and almost dirt tracking it to get that pig to turn. That's what a lot of them were doing that, even though, yeah, they ran the high groove, but, boy, it was very hard to make the car turn because you had to be up there. So that was almost even better because it had more theatrics. It almost looked like dance. If you had sex and violence, and that was the work. Right. I appreciate the bottom feeding Bristol. I want to see more beating and banging. I want to see guys go punch each other in the face. I want excitement. You got to bring back the violence and the excitement back to NASCAR because that's when people get out of their stands and throw their beers and say, hell yeah. You know, I would. Yeah. But you could also take this traction compound stuff and maybe make other races better. Like, I know they didn't put it down at Homestead. But they always ran that as the last race of the year. But if you watch that race, when the track rubbers up, the top is like the place to be. Unless your car really, really works. Yeah. I like guys searching for a lane. Yeah. Some guys like the top, some guys like the bottom. And that happened without traction control any traction compound. That yeah. happened, you know, based on car setup and right foot and when it was more driver oriented it's it was like a Charlotte used to be like that. Charlotte used to be, you know, some guys would run high, some guys would run low. And speaking in, speaking along the lines of 
tracks that were high when they had a board meeting. Like, well, look at what they did to Texas. They took turn one and completely took the banking out of it. I was like, what was the point of that? <laughs> yeah, and I missed the old Atlanta. The old Atlanta was best Atlanta. I'm sorry, but those corners were long. Oh, the, the, the big oval Atlanta? Yeah, you start one, you start turn one in one county, and then the other, and then you come out of it in like Florida when you come out of turn two. That you had to make a car work. That was a great two groove racetrack too. That was a you know I do miss the old Atlanta as well. I wish they didn't turn it into a trioval cookie cutter type track because yeah. it looked like Charlotte, looked like Texas, looked like all these other places. The old oval, the old oval track was really cool. I do miss that a lot. Yeah, whose idea was that? I think it was Russia. Oh. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, it's not good. So anyway, anything else? Editing this editing this podcast is going to be very long and very hard. Yes, it will be. I'll be in bed at midnight. Oh. Why don't we move on to lap number three? For lap number three, we have losers. We have losers. Thank you, Mr. Trump or President Trump. I'm sorry. Jeez, what if I forgot my manners? We wanted to touch on even more Twitter drama that involves. Because I can't stay away from it because we don't have any local racing going on. So what the hell am I going to talk about? Cup Series, everybody watches it already. But no, we've been talking about it for a few weeks, I think, about the Truck Series bounty that Kevin Harvick put out and Marcus Limonis put out a a matching bounty. So it's like $100,000 if any Cup Series regular can go to the Truck Series and can beat Kyle Busch in the Truck Series. And we were all talking about, well, maybe this... Maybe it should be for everybody, and then I kind of missed the point of that, I guess, because nobody in the truck series could beat Kyle Busch, and that's why they want to bring a Cup Series guy there, because they can beat him, which was evident this weekend, because, I th- well, actually, no. I am, I am fake news for a minute, because Brandon Jones is not a Cup regular, but he beat him in the Xfinity race. This is true. He passed him. And then, yes, Cup regulars did beat him in the regular race at Phoenix. So, yes, I can see why they put a bounty up for Cup Series guys to go beat him. I understand it. I get it. I just wish there was some incentive for the little guys to go do it, which is what Halmar, uh, who is involved with Stuart Friesen, did. They put up another 50000 if a Truck Series regular could beat him. And then it, it after that, you know, it kind of died down, but then it got a little weird. And out of hand, I would say, um, with the reality series people, uh, and I don't want to even call her a driver because let's be fair, but that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but go ahead, Angela, Angela Ruck and her obvious, uh, I don't want to even say that, sugar, hu- sugar daddy. Yes, you said it. Yeah, <laughs> Mike Ruck, who is like twice her age. Um, but don't don't read too much into that. So anyway, are you saying she's a trophy wife or a she gold was... digger? You take your pick. <laughs> he don't seem to mind. <laughs> I, hey, I wouldn't either. But hey, let's let's be fair. Um, I, I just what was that, dear? I just wouldn't want her to talk. That's all. Um, <laughs> not you, not you, wife. It's okay. We're talking about something completely different. Don't take this out of context. Then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. Yeah, that's right. Um, So anyway, somebody decided it was a good idea for Mike Ruck to get a Twitter account. Because it's always a great idea for mouthy people to get on Twitter. 
because it's never going to end badly at all. Ever. Never going to end badly. I have no idea who these people are. I'm sorry. I don't either. I don't even know how this guy has money. Who? I think Angela Ruck was like Derek Cope's daughter. You know, one of the one of the hot ones or something. I don't even remember. Is that know. where her background is? I think so. I'm not even sure because I don't pay attention either. I don't research. I nothing. have no idea what their backgrounds are in racing, Mike or Angela. <laughs> I have no idea. I see. Well, she has background in racing, but he doesn't because he has a whole shitload of money, and she just kind of like uses right. it. If he was in racing, he wouldn't have any money. Correct. The way to make a small fortune in racing is to start with a big one. Yes. Um. So he, this guy, like I said. After all of, <laughs> after all the uh, bounty nonsense and everybody going back and forth and debating and debating and debating, this guy comes out with this, and I'm gonna read the tweet for you. He says, "This dipshit Kevin Harvick thinks a bounty between cup drivers is clever. They do this Sunday, moron." And I'm like, I don't really know what that means, but all right, I will pay a fifty thousand dollar bounty if any cup guy can beat Angela Ruck racing her truck. And she races a KBM, GMS, or Thorsport truck. Equipment creates their talent. These clowns need attention. I tried to unpack that in my brain. And I'm like, man, this guy's lost. We don't know what's happening. No, we don't have any clue what's going on. Like, I don't think this guy really watches racing. (laughs) Because what a... Stupid tweet to put out. I mean, just ridiculous. And then, oh, the best part is this. She chimes in and brings up, Thanks for the confidence and support, babe. I'll make it even better. I'll put up another 50K, probably of his money, uh, of my own, which is his, to make it 100,000. What do you say, Marcus Lemonis? Want to have some fun? Perhaps double it? Any else want in? I believe in myself 100%. NASCAR trucks, NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. Hmm, that's strange. Keep in mind, this is the same woman who spun out leaving pit road trying to qualify the other day. And she said it was a blown tire, but when she came back around, the tire was still up. But anyway, I, I, digre- I digress. But I don't know if these folks understand, because I'm just a simple short track racer who's been in racing for over 20 years, that... If you can't back it up, don't chirp it, because we've already seen how you race, and we know you can't do it, so why say it? Like, I don't understand what they're going to gain except for attention, and that's kind of short-sighted. It's not the good kind of attention. I know there's no such thing as bad press, but when you have egg on your face, it's going to make an ugly, ugly selfie. (laughs) I don't care who you are. I don't know what kind of attention that they need. I mean, they already got a TV show or something. What is this TV show? What on? What is that going to prove? I mean, they're going to lose a hundred thousand dollars. They're never going to pay up. My father gave me a small loan of a million dollars. I mean, fair, right? Maybe I don't know. But I, I again, you're. It's a good point. What do you stand to gain by this except for negative attention? I, what channel is their show even on? I I don't know. I saw five minutes of the of of. Uh, video that was you know that facebook thought that i would like and i tapped out what's it even called it's the ruck life is that what it is i think so well now i feel bad because i think they liked something of mine on instagram once (laughs) or followed me on instagram now i feel bad but i don't i don't know if i can get on board with this type of attention i don't what good will making like (laughs) i'm so here's her problem 
She doesn't have the stamina. <laughs> she shirts not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> you need tremendous stamina. I said she doesn't have the stamina. <laughs> yes, she I, doesn't have you. the stamina. Thank you, Mr. She President. She can't leave the I road heard, right. I heard you the first it's time. Not, and it's not because, <laughs> and, and here comes the disclaimer, people. It's not because she's a woman. Okay, I think that that's, there are way, way better representation of female drivers than Angela Lark. And oh my Danica God. Patrick. Right, right now, Haley Deegan is absolutely doing... Haley killing it right she's now. She's doing very well, and she you should know? at least... She so, should let's let's give her a little bit of friendly advice to Haley Deegan. Limp into it because you've got it made if you can do it. Limp huh? limp into it and get as much seat time as possible. Don't go up too fast because you will crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, no, Stay not away literally. from the sun, Icarus. Stay away from the sun, Icarus. <laughs> Don't fly too high or you'll Don't burn fly your too wings. close to the sun. Yeah, I'm looking. See, I've been looking this whole time on their Twitter pages yeah. and trying to figure out who the hell they are. Uh, no clue. Maybe I'll have to actually. It actually does make me want to watch a cup, uh, a truck race. What the bounties? Yeah, with well the bounties and this and whatever these two boneheads. Oh have God! In yeah. Store. I kind of want to see it. Just. You know what? If I was actually out of morbid curiosity, if I was one of these upper team guys, I'd be like, you know what? You're on. I'm gonna do this, but I want the truck ahead of time so I can set it up. Yeah. I'll even set this one up for you, and if you wreck it, you're gonna pay me enough to build two trucks. So if the guy, so if the truck regular that doubles up, that beats Angela Ruck and Kyle Busch, does he get all two hundred grand? Well, that's the problem is that... Oh, it's a cup regular that has to beat Angela. Okay. Yeah, it's, I think it's got to be a cup regular who beats her, and they have to do it in her truck, and she has to get the good truck because these guys apparently don't have talent, which is what because their talent is all in the trucks or vehicles that they drive, which is according to this Mike guy who absolutely knows dog shit. So, um, so they're going to swappies. Yeah, we want floppy. I want to try yours. I think that idea is going to write out of the show. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be a beautiful thing. Oh, man. No, I'm serious. This is like, this hurts my head unpacking this thing. Like, this is, it's great. It's great entertainment. But, man, is it just so, <laughs> so out there. Like, this is ridiculous. What a great group. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know of any other Twitter like nonsense that I've seen lately. So you got anything else to add? Superstar. She wishes. <laughs> I love you and I thank you. This was tough. <laughs> Let's close this thing out. So that's our episode for this week. Thank you for hanging with us, even though we went completely off the rails with President Trump and everybody around us today. And the best words. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I want something else. But hey, you know, we 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 didn't have a lot to talk about except for stupid drama and nonsense. I'm just wait. I'm counting the days for the short track racing season to come up so I can talk about some different stuff. But oh, I can't hey, this... wait because you know, outside for another show, we'll have to talk about short track racing outside of New England because it's actually 
uh, there's a lot of big races that are outside New England that a lot of people go to. I think we're gonna so, have to start expanding our reaches down in like south somewhere. Just, the south just, or, yeah. or anywhere anywhere west of Connecticut, New York, Pennsylvania, and further west and south, they they're thriving. New England, we stink. Yeah. Who makes these deals? I don't know. I don't know. Jeez. I mean, he's on it. We need some. Anyway, I I didn't mention it before, but you can find our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, God knows what, because we're on freaking everything. Just go look it up. Uh, that is Making Laps Podcast. We are on Instagram, at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com, slash Making Laps Podcast, GleasonBrosRacing.com. You can find links to all the listening platforms. Well, the majority of the good listening platforms, if you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me at Brent Gleason zero one on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can go look up Gleason Bros Racing if you want. J- Jess, I know you don't have much for in the way of social media, but you know, no, it's it's it, my internet presence is very small. Yeah, mine's been pretty lacking because I've been working on. If they're small, something else must be small. <laughs> Are they small hands? <laughs> It's okay. We'll, we'll... They will never take you to the promised land. <laughs> oh, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't give anybody an update on my car for New Hampshire because nothing's really happened in the last week. Summit has delayed my last part for my engine, and they said it was supposed to be shipped out the second. Then they said it was supposed Factories to... Factories closed. Yeah, probably. Um... They, they said it was supposed to ship out the 16th, and I'm like, there is a definite end date for this, and I need this part. Like, can you get it to me now, please? Just and reasonable demands. They are just and reasonable demands. Everyone is listening to you now. I highly doubt that, because <laughs> I can see the listen count. <laughs> but, but anyway. I will fight for you, and I will never, ever let you down. Well, that's... Thank you, sir. I appreciate that greatly. <laughs> At least somebody will. Well, I was out. I didn't. I took the week off of ra- working on the race car again because I'm just waiting on parts. But I was out doing some very important work, taking the transmission out of my truck. And if anybody out there has ever heard of a Dodge Cummins 2500 with a 12 valve and an automatic, you're probably just cringed because you're like, oh god, an automatic. Yeah, it's not in the truck anymore. I took. I just took it out. I got to rebuild it. That the automatic was, is is even better than the standard, and the automatic is terrible. Yeah, I, there, a bunch of Cummins guys will probably be like, the, the standards are way better, what are you talking about? And I'm like, complaining. yeah, they, always, always complaining. But, again... I'm never doing anything about it. But, again, I, I just got to get that transmission rebuilt, or the truck won't even make it to Loudon, so that's kind of job one at this point. I got the rebuild kit. I'm going to be ordering a new torque converter for towing for it, and we're going to slap the thing back in there, hopefully get it back going, I don't know, within the next couple weeks. Hopefully by then my parts will come in for the race car, and we can get it ready for Loudon. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. Anything else to add, Mr. President? We will shine. Well, I certainly hope so, because that is the plan. I've been doing a lot of testing on iRacing and making sure that we can get a setup going. (laughs) Think big, dream even bigger. (laughs) <laughs> the hour of action is over. No, that's not it. <laughs> Wait, I'm supposed to quit now? No. Oh. 
Well, anyway, thank you all for listening. I appreciate it greatly. Tell your friends, tell your families, tell the guy on the street. It doesn't really matter to me. As long as you enjoy racing, I hope you enjoy our podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Give us some feedback, anything. By the way, last note, I did get a notice from somebody who says, hey, you screwed up the first race for the tour this year. It's not at Myrtle Beach. It's at South Boston. Yeah, I totally boned that one. I I got the two mixed up because they were different last year than this year so sorry about that thank you for that feedback i'm rambling but anyway thank you all for listening keep the dirty side down and stay out of the fence